0: All right, you're very welcome along this Friday to The Snap. It is the Divisional Round weekend. We're going to get Kian Fahey on the line to talk about those games. We're going to bring you through the pick six. Uh, We're going to start this week with a bit of news about the game that's coming up in Dublin next summer because uh, the the Notre Dame uh, Instagram was lit when Ian Book uh, posted this. He's the uh, current QB from um, Notre Dame. It was last week uh, he was out saying... Talking about whether or not he was going to come back. It was um, a New Year's present to everybody, liked by Mike McGlinchey, who, of course, is the uh, starting right tackle for um, the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to talk a bit about that a little bit later on. Uh, those of you who are um, observant will notice what's in the top right hand corner. What does it say? You see it there? What does it say, Ronan? Top right of. Top right hand corner, Ian Book, follow. Where, where Where's the location? Dublin, Ireland. Dublin, Ireland. He wasn't in Dublin, Ireland. He's coming to Dublin. You see what he did? See you in 2020. Go Irish. He's the QB. He's coming back. Uh, um, Who's the draft analyst from NFL? It's not Bucky Brooks. It's the other one. Daniel Jeremiah. Oh, yeah. Says he's the 11th best QB in college this year. So he comes back. Hopefully he makes crack the top five and has a good career. Um, So apparently they're returning most of their offensive line. So you would expect that to be a really good team next year and he's going to break all sorts of records. Um, American football on off the ball brought to you in association with the Aer College Football Classic, Navy versus Notre Dame at the Viva Stadium on the 29th of August. Check out collegefootballireland.com for game tickets and more. I know you can sign up now for the pre-sales, which are going to happen in a couple of months' time. They also sent us in this, right, which um, is the reason I've got a line on my forehead because I was, I was modelling it. Uh, it's the helmet. I have to say, I had a lot of sympathy for Miles Garrett when the incident happened. Oh yeah! Right? Did you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. because yeah. uh, you know, I, you I'm always on the side of the aggressor in these things, like <laughs> Canton or whatever. Just hold that. If you, I mean, when you hold, if this is the same weight of helmet that Miles Garrett was beating the head off, yeah, whoever it was, I have less sympathy now. If if anything, it's really I'd,
1: bloody heavy. I'd say it might even be heavier than um, the NFL style ones, but yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. KFI. Good morning
0: to you. Good evening to you. How are you? <coughs>
2: Please put that helmet back on like you had it on when I originally came I had, on. I had it on, yeah. I it's... want people to see how big this is well, compared I, to you.
0: I want you to... The helmet's big. Okay, it's going to kill my earphones here, but... <laughs> the thing about this is that it's actually so heavy it kind of weighs your head. Yeah, we
2: yeah well, I was thinking. the... I was just saying to JP beforehand that we have to remember NFL players are like 6 foot 3, 6 foot 4 and 250 pounds or 18 stone whatever that is over here so I don't think that's probably a fair uh, weight for you to be lifting on your head no, them.
0: I'm, I'm a wiener you're saying uh, and they're full time professional athletes which is obviously quite a different thing right, let's get into it The Pick 6 on Off The Ball I like these this week.
1: As in the wordplay or the topics?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, all of them. All of them. We got, we're going to start with Brady because it's our last time to talk about him ever, right? Yeah. Who am I kidding? We're going to be talking about him every single week.
1: Yeah, like it seems all the American talk shows are starting with Brady even on a playoff week, and then topic number two. Is Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, so yeah. they don't seem to realise the the playoffs are actually on right now. But it's weird. This week is this
0: week is a really weird week because um, the firings happen and the hirings happen and everybody forgets about the actual matches
1: at the weekend. So you kind of feel slightly underprepared when they arrive. Mm. But like, yeah, we should talk about Brady. We'll get into the the Titans later, which in my opinion they were the story of the weekend. But Brady, his Instagram post sort of tugging at the heartstrings, and you know, whose heartstrings? That, everybody's. But who specifically was that aimed at? There was a lot of past tense in the first couple of paragraphs, as in, I've had a great time here, thanks for the memory sort of vibe. But then towards the end, you're kind of left thinking, does he want to go back? Is this all leverage to try and get some more weapons next season? I think the, most, the only landing spot that makes sense is the LA Chargers, where it's not even from a playing point of view, they just need to get bums on seats, and he's sort of a marketable guy that could land in LA and draw people in, because otherwise...
0: But who, what makes sense for him?
1: Like, short of staying with the Patriots. And from a playing point of view, I can't see any team that Brady necessarily improves all that much. The Colts? The Colts were the other ones
0: that there's been a, a slight grumbling in, in the background and some kind of.
1: Well, from a playing point of view, that would be ideal for him because the, their offensive line is so good. And he'll get protected. So,
0: what do you think? And also, they do have some weapons, and this draft is the best draft of all time.
1: But do they, need, do they need Brady, though? It's like okay. better than a couple percent, right? I think that's pretty good. If they can keep, like he was injured for most of the season, they seem to rally behind him. Like the Andrew Luck thing really came into focus. If he had been fit this year, they probably could have made a bit of a, oh, a play. Yeah. yeah,
0: he's not coming back either. Uh, what do you make of all this, Keane?
2: I like the way Ronan snuck in there that he thinks the Titans were the story of the weekend, as if he's not the one who chose this Brady headline to start off with. Um, the I, I don't really see. The point of anyone signing Brady like someone's going to sign him but you're going to have to pay him big money because he wants big money that's clear at this point because he's either letting all these leagues come out because he's leveraging it against the Patriots he's not going to take that cut deal anymore or he wants to go somewhere else which means he won't be taking cut money anyway um, Colts has an idea I don't think that makes sense because I think Brissett is a good enough player to start. I think he's shown that he's good enough to be a good starter. He's also locked into a contract. They extended him after Andrew Luck retired at the end of, at the, at the end of last Fair offseason. Very little, though.
0: It's something like 20 million over two seasons. I and mean, most of it was top end. So you could actually... And he'd be perfect That's back- a positive,
2: though. That's a positive for the Colts, though. Because they need to improve that, that roster. You can talk about the offensive line, but the wide receivers are extremely limited. The defense still needs to be upgraded quite a bit as well. If you're committing 30 million or 40 million to Brady, that doesn't make you a better team. The real issue with Brady is... It's not the money. It's, he's not playing well, and he's not at a point in his career where he's going to turn around and play any better. The, 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 obviously, the, the arm there is an issue his arm has declined he's not he's missing trolls like i'm going to show his snaps right now for an article i'm going to put on off the ball over the coming weeks next week at some point but he you're going through his trolls and he's missing simple trolls he's missing routine plays he's misreading coverages he's doing all the mistakes he never did he built a career on making simple trolls and everyone would get really annoyed because what he did wasn't spectacular but now he's not even making the unspectacular plays and the other part of this is when a quarterback declines it's not just his arm It's his legs, his physical ability to move. So Brady's very slow now going through his progression and getting from receiver to receiver. I was just going through a play against the Eagles where Julian Edelman is wide open on the back end of a play. Normally, Brady looks at his first option on the front side of the play, on the left side of the field, knows if it's covered, goes straight to Edelman on the back side, and he flings the ball to a wide open receiver, and everyone's going, how come he's wide open? This time, exactly the same thing happened. But Brady lingers a little bit longer on that front side because he's a little bit slower now mentally. And then by the time he gets back to Edelman, Edelman's been covered because the guys recovered into a position. So you have that. He needs to be perfect mentally now because physically he can't move and he can't actually throw on the run. He can't extend plays. He can't adjust the pressure in the pocket. So you're signing a guy who's going to be really expensive, who's not going to make everyone else around you better. When you sign a good quarterback, it's the most to make building an offense and building a team easier. Signing Brady's going to make it harder.
0: Yeah. Okay. I do. I see the point of the LA thing. It's Hollywood. You sell tickets. They've got a new stadium. There's a couple of years. The receiving core there is excellent. Their mm-hmm. offensive line isn't great, so you can you can upgrade that. I also think the money's not that much of an issue, really, when the cap keeps going up by 10 million every year. And I, I think sometimes we get stuck in this whole oh, people well, can't afford us.
2: Well, I, I hear this all the time, but the players, know the cap, is going up too. Brady knows the cap is going up too he knows he's going to be able to get 40 million like there's a reason Dak Prescott turned down 35 million this offseason or whatever it is he knows his value moving forward is higher than it's ever been and that's why uh, quarterback contracts keep getting set and keep getting the highest paid player in history every single time one signs one
1: like the Chargers for example underachieved this year with Philip Rivers so he's probably done as well and such as the talent on that squad that they didn't do that badly They're, they're never going to be picking so high that they're going to draft an unbelievable quarterback, but the quarterback classes in the next two years are going to be pretty good all the way down. So they're going to pick somebody up that can sit behind Brady and learn. So I think it's definitely, like, it makes total sense. I think he wants to stay in New England. He does. Us, he wants to
0: stay and Robert Kraft wants him to stay. But there's like one third part of this love triangle British is, would love him to is go. stink in the bed and going, no, no. And so there's going to be this weird power struggle where the greatest coach of all time is up against the QB who delivered... Six Super Bowls to the owner, who really need not to have any more controversy, follow him around. So, what's going to happen? What, like, a, a virtual million dollars here, and you've got one, one final destination for him. Where is it going to be?
2: I think he stays in New England. I think one of the issues lingering over this is the potential uh, fine and draft pick suspension that's going to come from the recent taping of the Cincinnati Bengals, which tells you how far the Patriots have fallen, that they were taping the worst team in the league last year. But the, they might lose their first-round pick from that, which is a big issue if you're going to try and bring in a new new quarterback. I don't think there's going to be the market that Brady thinks there's going to be. Yeah, there'll be one or two teams who are going to, like, ridiculously overpay him and go after him at all, uh, at all expenses. But right now, there aren't, like, there, there isn't. Like, years and years ago, before Cam Newton got drafted, the Carolina Panthers were this team that had talent everywhere but just didn't have a quarterback. Right now, I don't look around the league and think, oh, there's a team right there who's just waiting to turn it around if they get a good quarterback. There are a lot of teams in rebuild mode and a lot of teams who are happy with what they've got.
0: Yeah, I do think the Chargers are going to be great when they've got a quarterback who isn't Philip Rivers. I think that their receiving core is excellent. I think that uh, their running back situation is only going to get better.
2: The big issue there would be that that offensive line is not very good and Brady can't move anymore. So if he's a little bit slower mentally like I talked about, it's going to kind of make that offensive line stand out more.
0: Okay, fair enough. The other thing that is worth bearing in mind is that if he does stay in New England they can completely, they could have completely restocked if they keep their first round pick and if they hadn't spent their second round pick on Mohamed Sanu because this draft is absolutely laden with all sorts of different types of uh, wide receivers. Um, That's what's coming up next. So Point two on the pick six this week.
1: Judge Jody. Joe Judge is the new head coach of the New York football giants. and I, JP loves it. He's laughing his head off. Well, I laughed out loud at the appointment during the week when I read this. I was like, what? I didn't even see him being linked with this job. And then all of a sudden, I, was, I, was, I find it funny enough that Jason Garrett was being linked with it. Well, that was ridiculous. Now all of a sudden, this guy's got it. The wide receiver coach of the New England Patriots. Special teams coordinator. Not a great year to be the wide receivers coach for New England no
0: no but that's, uh, that's, the bio, that's the beeline his real job was special teams coordinator and they were always brilliant at special teams
1: yeah but that's Belichick's speciality come on if that's Belichick is, he's like
0: isn't that a good thing You've learned from the greatest coach of all time, his speciality, no?
1: I've heard of a coaching tree, but Jared, this is like, this is like a leaf off the tree. This, is not, this does not count as you know, learning by osmosis.
0: Hang on a second. What, what's the official, what's the team gear you're wearing at the
1: moment? Baltimore. Yeah, who was the last coach to come from a special... It's very true. It's a fair point. But uh, I think there's special sauce with John Harbour. I haven't been quite bowled over by uh, Joe Judge's initial uh, dalliances with the media, so I don't know. What do you think of the appointment?
0: Um, I don't know. I think the problem is at the New York Giants, they've kept the guy in charge who has made all the bad decisions over the last couple of years in Dave Dave Gettleman. And American football is this really weird thing for people who are kind of just getting into it. There's the GM and there's the manager, the the head coach in most organisations, except the Patriots, really. And the general manager tends to hire the head coach and is in charge, picks all the players, picks the coach. And the coach then has to do with what those resources he can. In this instance there was some talk that maybe the Giants would let Judge make a decision on Gettleman when he came in, but that's all disappeared now. That That isn't going to happen. It seems like Gettleman's, Gettleman's staying and he's made some very bad decisions with um, through the draft and through keeping Eli Manning when they really shouldn't have There's all sorts of things that they've actually picked Saquon Barkley so early in the draft It doesn't even make that much sense. So I think it feels like he's got his hand tied behind his back. But I think that if you're the special teams coordinator in the most difficult building to work in for the most difficult coach, and special teams is like, you have to know every single player on the roster as yeah. opposed to, you're the wide receivers guy, you know 10 people What and about the, the, the what about, team.
1: What about the special teams decision from the Patriots last weekend to... Not have spe- somebody in the backfield. Yeah, what about that? And then uh, they ended up in the one yard Does line. he make that decision?
0: That's what I'm saying. Does he not, I'm not sure... He, like. I don't know. Does the
1: coordinator he play the, the call? Possibly, call yeah. the play. I'd say Belichick's calling those plays. Kim, who's calling that play? Who's
2: um, that play? I Joe Judge. I oh, who's calling that play? Sorry, um, I, I would assume Belichick. Belichick's not going to leave that to to anyone else besides him because he's the one who's going to get the blame for everything. But that's something they've done a lot, and they've done quite a lot of success. So I can't really get get angry at them for that or blame them for that. That's so how they've got blocked field goals in the past. I, I do think Joe Judge in general, like. I I love the idea of hiring a special teams coach because special teams coaches to me are marketing efficiencies. You've got guys who are given the bottom guys on the roster and have to get them working on the same page and get everyone doing jobs that they don't want to do and you've got to motivate them to do that. And you also have coaches who aren't locked into specific offensive philosophies or specific defensive philosophies. So one of John Harbaugh's greatest attributes is he has never forced the offense to work in a certain way. He's never forced his defense to work in a certain way. He's looked at what's going to work best for the guys he's got and made that happen. And that's why he's been a, a kind of a coach who... like. Belichick is obviously the best coach, but in terms of like controversy or argument over his job, no one has ever gone, yeah, John Harbaugh is why the Ravens lost this game, or John Harbaugh is a problem for the Ravens. Everyone is like accepts that John Harbaugh is this great guy because he has this ability to kind of blend into the background or let everyone else do their job properly, and that's a great, great attribute as a head coach. Is Joe Judge that guy? No idea. The, the, the question marks for me come from Dave Gettleman saying, oh, we heard him because he said he's going to run the ball, and... That's the problem with the Giants and has been a problem for the Giants for the last few years. Like, Hopefully, you would take this guy at 38 years of age, been a Patriots special teams coordinator since since 2013. You would think he has to have a good idea of how football works and how to win games and putting guys in the right position. And he had some good stuff in that press conference. But overall, when Gettleman is as excited about you as, as he is, it's not something to be excited about. Can
0: I just ask, though, right? Is the whole point about this the the league not that it changes so quickly and so often. And it is league, this is a passing league, this is the passing league, this is the passing league, this is the passing league. It became the complete truism to the point where people were shouting at anybody who ever said, you know, we're gonna first establish the run. Establish the run literally became a meme and a joke for particularly for the analytics yeah. community. However, if you look at the teams who've been successful this season, if you look at how New England won last year with Sony Michelle in the playoffs, They didn't win it because they had the best passing QB or the best passing attack. They won it because they were actually, they ended up being able to run the ball because they had two great blocking tight ends, a fullback and a running back. If you look at what Baltimore are doing, if you look at what San Francisco are doing, if you look at what Minnesota are doing, running it, running it and running it. Granted, Baltimore might be a bit of an outlier, but both San Francisco and Minnesota have run the ball more than they've thrown it this year
2: yeah so okay there's a there's different elements to this that you need to break down and yes twitter is a place where things get pushed to an extreme and all the nuance is lost so running the ball is vitally important for every single offense in the league you have to be able to run the ball because as anyone can understand it's a lot easier to convert the third and three than it is a third and 13 and the reason for that is on third and 13 the defense doesn't have to worry about you running the ball so that means they can do all sorts of different disguises and all sorts of different blitzes when you can run the ball the defense has to account for every single gap on the offensive line, so they they. They have to be prepared for you to run left, run right, run center, run whatever way you're going to run the ball. When you take that element out of the game, you become the proactive piece as the defense. That's why a quarterback who can make plays on third and 10-plus is invaluable. That's why a guy like Brady, Aaron Rodgers, gets paid huge money, whereas a guy like Kirk Cousins has to be carried a little bit. He has to be kept out of those situations. So the other part of this, though... Pointing to the five best running teams or a team that run most often and say they win because they run the ball is the opposite of what's actually happening there. Because when you get a lead, the NFL, you run the ball because the clock keeps moving. So when Gettleman comes along and says, oh, people call this a passing league, but what's actually happening? If you look at the five best rushing teams, they're in the playoffs and the five uh, teams that pass most often aren't. Yeah, that's because one team is playing from behind at the end, they're losing, and the other team is playing with the ball, so they're running. Like, the Ravens don't have to, play, don't have to pass the ball in fourth quarters a lot of the time this year because they have a 20-point lead. So the idea here has to be understood that adapting to what's happening at the time is very important. Being able to run the ball is very important. But being able to run the ball is not a philosophy. Being able to run the ball is not the starting point of building a football team. It's an element of your offense. It's an element of what you can do. But it's not the be-all and end-all the way Gettleman has it. And the way Gettleman talks about it is we have to out-tough our opponent. We have to be the bigger man. And that's just not really what it is.
0: All right, let's move on because we loves time to talk about the other uh, coaching hires this year. Uh, Captain Kirk. Yeah,
1: you like that, sir? I he, do. He delivered.
0: He did. It was amazing last week. Uh, it, it goes to show the difference that having a fully fit team makes I've been making this point on the show since we started that the teams who are progressing at this point are the fittest teams the ones who have their best players available to them Adam Thielen is absolutely sensational and he completely transforms what um, Minnesota can do what the defence has to yeah. take care of and turns your mediocre quarterback into a really good one
1: I think he's a good quarterback actually but like towards the end of that game when the, the Superdome was ridiculously loud and he was screaming out the calls at the line of scrimmage and uh, meanwhile Stefan Diggs is giving him a stick on the sideline that he's not throwing the ball and between all this he's making some unbelievable decisions like throwing the ball in a way Drew Brees did and gave the ball away like the Saints had an all-time low turnover rate this season and then they gave the ball away twice in this game and then Cousins just guided them through that game so well and was so clutch when, when it really mattered and like in fairness that's not like him he hasn't, his career has been built on quite the opposite uh, Flacco esque, you felt. He's getting hot. In the playoffs. In a purple jersey. Yeah.
0: Sickening. They're going to beat the 49ers this week, are they?
2: I don't think there's any chance of that. Um, a really chance. The, there's a really good chance. There's a really good chance. This, is, this uh, is a
0: field goal game again, I'm telling you. I don't think it's the trap the game key. with the Falcons,
2: but it's, um, it's a field goal game. <laughs> Oh, we're going, we're going, we're going. I'm going to be living or you're going to be living off that for a long time I'm guessing um, the, no I think there's no chance and the simple reason is you look at that game last week and Dalvin Cook running off the edge was an awful awful problem for the Saints they did not know how to stop it their defensive ends were getting blocked by Adam Thielen like getting blocked by a wide receiver and getting blocked by tight ends and Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph one on one that just can't happen and that's not going to happen against the 49ers defensive line because it's a much better defensive line the other part of this is A.J. Klein was playing linebacker in that game. He had no idea what he was doing. Him and Demario Davis made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. The, obviously, the 49ers have missing linebackers, but Fred Warner alone being there will be a big, will be a big uh, upgrade compared to what the Saints showed. That will have a huge impact on the rest of the offense, shutting it down. But what you mentioned about Adam Thielen, that's something we have to talk about because while Thielen obviously made the big play at the very end when that set up the uh, Kyle Rudolph's touchdown in overtime... That play is fascinating because Cousins drops back. There's a play action. They've only got two receivers running downfield. Stefan Diggs on the left, Adam Thielen on the right. And the Saints have a cornerback with each and a deep safety in the middle. That deep safety completely ignores Thielen. He's turned and he's focused on Diggs from the start, which makes it easy for Cousins. He's got this very simple read. Obviously, like the rest of us, the Saints saw Adam Thielen play this year and said, he's at about 60%, we don't need to worry about him. And in that game, he looked at about 100%. He looked like he was, besides the fumble at the start of the game, he looked like himself. And now this week, we come back to that again, he's got an ankle injury. So he's not going to be able to do what he did last week again, this week. And with the running game not being as effective, I just can't see how they're going to move the ball consistently.
0: It was a cut, apparently. It was a deep cut that they stitched up. So that's the type of thing that you would think. It's it's not actually a ligament injury. He's going to play through pain, it'll bleed, they'll stitch him up again. So I would actually expect him to be pretty close to as good this week as he was last week.
1: Yeah. And just on Cousins, like I think the the implication from those who covered the Vikings was that he was unpopular or he hadn't really won over the fans or the players. But you saw He's that a bit lame. You saw that locker room video, and they seemed to write. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's I, just. I, I saw that locker room video where he
0: used the same language to this team as he used to his old girlfriend, and you're like, it's corny. Oh, you've got one line, and you're reusing yeah, it. But even before that, I thought they were. I co- see you use this on Twitter with some other person.
1: They seem to be bought in though. I, am I? Am I your sloppy seconds? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, he's well. He made considerably more money from this girlfriend than the previous guy. He did. He's doing well out of it. Um, the teams match
0: up really well. Um, Minnesota. I was just listening to uh, there's a Niners podcast, which is very good. They're very concerned about the fact that the, the defense, the Minnesota defense, is really strong through the middle, which is obviously where um, it's the 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 money stuff for the 49ers. It's where Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball. It's where George Kittle does his stuff. The uh, Vikings are the best against tight ends by a country mile. They've got like an 80 or 85% rating Ah, against tight ends. The rest, Niners are second at like 70%. So they're like a full 15% better than everybody else in the league. Obviously, it's George Kittle. They haven't come up against him so far.
2: it's, it's, it's not just George Kittle though It's a different animal When you've got Kyle Shanahan Drawing up those plays George Kittle isn't a tight end George Kittle is a wide receiver Who happens to be massive And can block like, Kyle Shanahan builds plays Specifically for him And mostly I'm just happy You haven't talked about Jimmy Garoppolo Because I've been praising him For the last couple of weeks And I assume that's why They're going to lose this game Because whenever I criticise them They win Whenever I praise him, They're going to lose
0: I Have one last dig at him there So I can feel good About watching this team On uh, Saturday evening Saturday evening Nine o'clock game It's the best time to watch football <laughs> Uh, all games should be Saturday evening at 9 o'clock all sports should happen on a Saturday College damage football
1: uh, yeah saved by God you do this when I'm not doing it <laughs> saved by Rabel saved by like I love this guy all of a sudden he's become my favourite person in football uh, from the Patriots stuff pre-game to out Balicek and Balicek during this game on the false starts and all this kind of stuff trying to delay the game and it worked out Balicek losing the plot I think we all took some joy from that yeah and overall I thought he coached him pretty, pretty conclusively and like it's, he's probably a bit frustrated that the game was sort of there to be won at the end. Like it was 14-13 when it really shouldn't have been. Yeah, They had the ball for so long and it's something you see in the playoffs sometimes where a team is quote-unquote running all over you but they're not actually scoring. Like Derrick mm-hmm. Henry seemed to be holding that ball for about half an hour and yet they only scored two touchdowns. Maybe so.
0: that's how they're going to win these games though and that that's what will put them in matches. So essentially if we're previewing the game against the Ravens, you are concerned, you have the same pre-match anxiety that uh, I have but yours is
1: completely irrational because the Ravens are the best team in football A mile! Yeah but the Titans have a bit of momentum which uh, can doesn't exist doesn't exist Momentum doesn't exist Uh, Well I I, I fundamentally disagree with that but they seem to be I don't know they just seem to be much like the Ravens when they went in that Super Bowl run six years ago the Titans seem to be the coming force and the one thing that would concern you is Tannehill was was pretty poor last week, and if the Ravens can, as Keane said, jump out to their customary early start, go fourteen nil up or something, and make him throw game the ball, over. it probably is game over. Yeah, but he does have, like, he's shown this season that he can be clutch, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule them out. And I actually think something quite the opposite could happen—that the Titans could get out in front this time—and that could make an entertaining game. Uh, look, how teams deal so, with the
0: bye and how teams deal with the playoffs is going to be interesting because it's the second ever playoff game for, Ma- Mark, for Mark
1: Ingram is. Not healthy. He might play, but he's not, he's not healthy. He hasn't really trained. So uh, that would be a big concern because, as much as uh, Lamar Jackson has been unbelievable, it's been a two headed monster where when Gus in- the bus doesn't do it for you? He's very good, but he didn't quite deliver in the playoffs last year. Keen, I think this. Is, he's also, go on.
2: I was just going to say, Gus Edwards is also fresh because of Mark Ingram playing ahead of him all year.
1: So, what do you think is going to happen here?
2: Um, I I think Ronan talked about there. He he said Derek Henry went off last week and Ryan Tannehill looked limited. And I think that's the really key detail. But it's not about Tannehill. Belichick played the game that he wanted to play on defense last week. If you go back and go through their All-22 and look at where the safeties are and look at how how the defense is playing... He was encouraging Derrick Henry to run the ball. He wanted Henry Henry to get 34, 35 touches. If he had 200 yards, DiBelicic would have been delighted. And the reason for that was he wanted to take away all the big plays in the passing game, and he did it. Every single time Tannehill dropped back to throw the ball downfield, there was nowhere to go. The Ravens are a very different style of defense. I think stylistically, this is kind of a a preferable matchup for the Titans. And the problem is the Ravens are probably just that much better that the style won't really matter that much. But I, I do think like moving forward into this game, the, the big question mark is more about the other side of the ball where if you can get the little bit of rust with Lamar, a little bit of rust with the passing game on the Ravens early in the game, that will give the Titans an opportunity. Without that, I think it's going to be a blow. I don't think the Titans have the, the quality to stop them. And one of the key details from that Henry performance in the last two weeks, in week seven, he didn't play in week 16 in the regular season. In week 17, he had 34 carries, I think, in or 34 touches, and then last week he had 32. For as big and strong as Derek Henry is, carrying the ball 30 plus times three weeks in a row against NFL defenders is not a good strategy it's not something that's going to be effective he tired in that game he, he got worse as the game went on I felt and I don't think they're going to have enough offensively to counter the right game plan from the Ravens the only thing is the Ravens might not be as willing to adjust because defensively Wink Martindale all season has wanted to go all out blitz and go all out aggressive and go crazy that's not what they should do in this game
0: ok it will be interesting to see because they have blitz more than anybody else in the league uh, number 5
1: Deshaun of the Dead, there's an errant Hitch in, in Deshaun there, people might spot. But Deshaun, um, like, after being 16 0 down or no, whatever. I wouldn't have spotted it, you, you would have got away with it. Go on. Whatever, 16 0 down or whatever it was, and came back motoring in the, in the final quarter there. And that play, which has done the rounds now, it's going to be hard uh, beaten as the play of the playoffs. Like, how he managed to stand up, it's almost as if he was knocked back into his equilibrium by the second tackle, managed to stay up and deliver that pass.
0: Play of the new decade, I'm calling it.
1: Yeah. Is this Houston-Texas decade? We'll see. But um, I don't know. Like I think that it was their one playoff win for this season. I can't see them doing anything this weekend necessarily. Yeah, I think
0: um, Deshaun Watson is absolutely amazing. And there's still no definitive news on Will Fuller, another genuine game-time decision. But Will Fuller has the, uh, the possibility of changing this offence the same way Adam Thielen does. So what do you make of this one, Keen?
2: Will Fuller will change an offense more than Adam Thielen does because that, like as good as Kenny Stills is, no one can replicate Will Fuller's ability to get downfield in such a hurry that it stresses the defense completely and pulls the coverage apart. So Watson has wide open throws. I mean, like what can you say about that performance last week? He was incredible. Like to me, like I've been known as someone who hates on Deshaun Watson, but it's not really that. It's I haven't seen huge consistency from him. I haven't seen him in the drop back passing game, kind of carrying an offense the way he has. And in that game, he was just undeniable. And the problem is. The rest of the Texans team was awful. And they were going against the Buffalo Bills, which is fine, you can get away with it because Josh Allen doesn't know what he's doing. Now he's has to try and play against Patrick Mahomes in, in Kansas City. And yes, the Texans beat them. Yes, the Texans beat them in the regular season, but that was at a completely different point of the season for both teams. Their injuries, their performances since then, they've gone in completely different directions. And I feel like the Chiefs They're really underrated. I think the Chiefs right now, like they obviously beat the Ravens in the regular season. They've kind of gone under the radar because of Mahomes' injury and because of the rise of the Ravens. But I think the the, the Ravens will be kind of hoping that the Texans can upset the, the Chiefs again. But I just I, I think we're kind of blessed to get to watch Mahomes, to get to watch Watson. I think the Chiefs will win easily, but it should be a great game anyway.
0: I think the other thing about the Chiefs is that their defense has come on really strong in the last four weeks, which is um, again everybody's like, oh, they play crap teams, and they did play crap teams, fair enough. But like you hold a team to three points another to nine, yeah. it's still an NFL offense at the end of the season who are trying to put up numbers to win contracts, to you know do stuff, and they've got good at it precisely the right time.
1: I don't know if it's a huge element but what I have noticed is that the Chiefs have shortened their passing game a lot more because teams have just decided to not let Mahomes score 70-yard touchdowns anymore because he used to be throwing the home run ball all the time which was amazing for neutral fans to watch but teams have cottoned on to that now and stopped so... It's a lot more short passing Intermediate passing Which means the defence Gets a little bit more time to rest Because the Mahomes Doesn't just walk on there and, and score immediately So that's a little thing to Just to keep an eye on
2: Number six is, is Tyron Matthew Tyron Matthew we should note Like you said Because the defence has, has uh, upgraded Over recent weeks He's been outstanding And a key detail He was in Houston last week So that Sean Watson play where We talked about well, where he gets hit twice Watson talked about it afterwards and said Kevin Johnson who was the cornerback outside they, when they went to a certain look Kevin Johnson knew the route so he jumped the route and that's how he knew that, uh, or that's why Deshaun Watson had to hold the ball so Matthew is going to be a lot I was in Houston for one year two years whatever Just it was year, yeah. but he's a lot he's a lot smarter of a player he will probably know an awful lot of what the Texans want to do
0: number six in our pick six is least Mode which is obviously uh, narrative driven here I don't know I mean these are the most dangerous team left in it I think because they could actually explode from here
2: This
1: is more about Marshawn Lynch who I love but seven seven carries or seven yards from six carries last week granted one of them was a touchdown but uh, I think what he's bringing to the to the outfit is more spiritual than than practical Can I just point out that all
0: all the Seahawks had to do was get him on the field to do the exact same jump that he'd done five minutes previously and they would have beaten San Francisco they would have had the week off Everybody will be talking about his two amazing goal line touchdowns. What a great comeback. What a brilliant decision by Pete Carroll to get him back in the building. Like, they, that, oh, we were literally just a time management bullshit situation away from that. And I think somebody came off the field who wasn't supposed to. One of the tackles or one of the guards.
1: Oh, is this when they got the penalty? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But he was literally just about to do
0: exactly the same run and jump. And it's like, oh, two touchdowns for, and redemption for that team. They would have had the week off. I think they're incredibly dangerous.
2: I, mean, I would just like to congratulate you for talking about not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch at the goal line without mentioning that Super Bowl. Well, I
0: mean, we all know it's was, it was hanging over there, you know. You don't, don't always need to. Well, I do. I,
2: I, I would like to say this is Marshawn Lynch. Please show, show some respect and say he had a touchdown on seven carries. We won't talk about how many yards. Mm-hmm. That does not matter. Uh, I I actually they're a popular upset pick this week against the Packers. I I can't really see it. I think going into Green Bay is a major major challenge for them. They were not impressive against the Eagles last week. Like that's Josh McCown came on and look as much as I criticize Carson Wentz, Josh McCown is awful. Like Josh McCown is nowhere near Carson Wentz. And it felt like the Seahawks needed that and needed DK Metcalf to have his have his best game of the season to to overcome them. So I can't see them going into Green Bay for as much as Green Bay has struggled this year and as much as I've called them the worst thirteen and three team I've ever seen. They they've still got Aaron Jones, they've still got Aaron Rodgers, they've still got enough talent overall of Devontae Adams and that defense to beat the Seahawks, I think.
1: And Seahawks who typically were the ultimate home team of no one's won more away games than them this season. So they're gonna they're gonna fancy their chances. Um Green Bay have flattered to deceive a bit, but they it's so tough to win there. I would I would favor them. Yeah, as well.
0: Green Bay obviously smacked down the Vikings, but it kinda of felt like the Vikings were almost limping into the playoffs, knowing exactly that they'd already made it to the playoffs and so there was no point in showing their hand for those weeks. So it feels to me like the Vikings have been timing their run in a way that very few other teams have. I I think that there's room for a couple of upsets. I think the the Vikings are most likely to upset I think that the Seahawks are second most likely to upset. It sounds to me like, Ian, though, you're picking four favourites.
2: Yeah, I've gone with all, all four favourites, all four home teams, I guess. Uh, I, I just That's the way the games have panned out. I, I think over the, the course of the year, my expectations for each team has changed. And I think you're hitting a point now. Where, yeah, you can say the Vikings are playing well, but I think the 49ers, I, I think they peaked in the sense that uh, Jimmy has gotten better and that's the more important thing to me than the overall health of the team right now because they're healthy enough that they will win that game with him I just think Russell Wilson will be out-duelled I guess by Aaron Rodgers I hate that kind of narrative of quarterback versus quarterback but that's the way that game felt and the, the other two are kind of straightforward really uh,
1: Just don't deny us the championship game of the Chiefs and the Ravens please because that's going to be the next decade hopefully of uh, that quarterback the new Manning versus Brady sort of rivalry two very different styles of quarterback though uh, so let's see that next week that would be amazing
0: yeah I think there's no chance of that not happening that, that should definitely happen um, obviously everybody should keep an eye out for Joe Burrow on uh, Monday night stroke Tuesday morning because um, this guy's going to light it up for the Bengals next year
1: yeah, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, who is the most esteemed uh, potential NFL recruit in the coming years since Andrew Luck, probably. So he's that's who he's gone up against. That's going to be very exciting. He's the pass yeah, No, no, the other quarterback. The other quarterback.
0: Okay, yeah, so he's exceptional. He's out next year. He's out expect. next year. All right, uh, Kid, You know, do you, have
2: you looked at that game yet? Do you know, oh, man. Oh, not, not the game. I, I don't follow college football closely enough to know about that but the quarterbacks in this like so normally it's very easy to be skeptical about quarterback prospects coming out because generally the quality isn't great these two guys are spectacular like trevor lawrence is so good that people don't realize how young he is because he played as soon as he arrived and funnily enough if you've seen uh is it friday night lights no uh what's the other one remember the titans he looks exactly like sunshine so they call him sunshine over there but uh, trevor lawrence and joe burrow like burrow's guaranteed first overall pick this year trevor lawrence is basically guaranteed first overall pick next year you get to watch the future of the nfl probably in this game if right.
1: you watch the Joe Burrow game it's look at that it's very Tom Brady-esque and Trevor Lawrence it's all that's very Aaron Rodgers-esque so that's what you're looking at those two prototypes almost
0: alright yeah okay so the Bengals um, buy, buy stock in the Bengals and their wide receivers and their tight ends and their uh, running backs for next year right American football coverage and off the ball is in association with the Erlingas College Football Classic see collegefootballireland.com for more we're going to be announcing details of our pre-Super Bowl party where we're going to tape a live uh, version of this podcast. Uh, we'll give you details on um, coming along to that probably the Wednesday or the Thursday, the week before the uh, Super Bowl, as opposed to the actual Super Bowl week. Um, so we can uh, get some good guests. And uh, if you want to come along to that, we'll tell you how that can happen. Kian, thanks very much. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, Ronan, enjoy. Uh, for, for now, we're still friendly rivals until uh, we hopefully meet in Miami in the Super Bowl. I'm, um, I'm not sure. I think the Vikings are going to win this week. I have a... I have deep concern that the Vikings are going to win.
1: I'm fairly sure it will not be a 49ers Ravens Super Bowl, but uh, short of that, I'm not nailing my colours to the mast. See you next week. Good luck.